Hello and welcome to the VanCast. I'm your host, Graham Eels, and today we are with James. How are you doing, buddy? I'm doing well, man. How are you, Graham? I'm doing really well. How are you enjoying yourself during this COVID experience? I mean, it's definitely been a really hard time. Everyone has to stay in, and it's just been kind of depressing, honestly, but I've just been working from home, so really can't complain. That's a, that's nice, man. It seems like you're set up. So we're going to talk about gaming. Gaming is something that everybody loves. It seems to be more popular with guys, but girls are coming in a little bit more these days. So let's start when you were younger. What was one of the first games that you got into or kind of enjoyed? Uh, I think my whole gaming story probably started uh, with RuneScape. <laughs> I'm sure. Oh no! <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no. I'm sure a lot of uh, listeners can really feel that. I started playing it in pretty much elementary school. Uh, had some hard life lessons taught for me. I uh, got ran into some people. It's like, oh, hey, you want to mine some rune? Like, come with me into the wilderness. Of course, uh, as a 13-year-old kid, you don't know you're just going to get backstabbed and lose everything. <laughs> Oh Great intro to gaming. It is, it is a good life lesson because better have it happen in RuneScape than real life. Yeah, seriously. That's hilarious. Mm-hmm. But, but these uh, days, isn't, isn't RuneScape all hacked? Uh, I'm not too sure. I can't say that I still follow RuneScape. But uh, yeah, that, that pretty much brought me into it and then uh, went into a bit of MapleStory and uh, started playing Soldier Front. Sorry. Okay. Yeah, uh, so Soldier Front was the first FPS and probably the first game I actually dedicated quite a bit of time to. Um, I was playing some high server ranking games, just like. So what's the what's the game like? Give it, give an audience a little idea of what what the game's like. So just for, imagine a really old and uh, shitty Counter Strike with okay. really bad shooting mechanics, where okay. you can like run and gun and. Yeah, there's like one-shot snipers that are semi-auto, so uh, it wasn't really the most balanced game, but uh, back in like 2005, I think, it was uh, it was pretty sick. Okay. And then you kept evolving? Yeah, so uh, I kept evolving and kept trying different games. Uh, the next big one I landed on was Dota. I'm sure everyone's yeah, everyone uh, at least Dota. knows Dota. Yeah. Um, so after Dota, I went to play some Han, and that was actually kind of the beginning of my, I guess, amateur League of Legends career. Um, amateur? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so... What was your position? Uh, so when I started playing League, uh, shortly I played in several LAN tournaments, and uh, for example, Landcouver, and then played in the UBC Esports Cup. But uh, I played various positions from like support, um, jungle, and then I ended up playing mid for SFU. So that was uh, quite an experience. That's pretty awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What was your elo? Uh, well, I when I actually played competitively, I was masters. So fuck took yeah, a bit dude. of a grind. <laughs> yeah. But. Yeah, I remember 
when I, I was, I'm pretty crap. Um, I was like silver, silver two or something. I made it to like gold five at like some point in my career, but it was just, there's so much information that you have to know. And then you also have to know, like in the, in the, in the split of a second, just boom, you need to make that decision and know what counters what. And it's, it's actually pretty, uh, pretty fascinating. Yeah, I think that's also one of the big things that's getting gaming so big. More and more people realize the teamwork aspect of it, um, the macro and the micro management skills. Um, and it's, uh, I'm not sure if you know, but the states actually started giving out athlete visas to a lot of gamers who are wow. going to like compete for League of Legends. That's and, big. That's yeah, huge. it's super big. Um, and right now, I think society, we're kind of just like at the step where majority is pretty much fluent in computers and technology so as we pretty much go into the future i think this is just going to be more and more prevalent um, yeah well especially because when when um I, when we were younger and when our parents were younger it was kind of like oh like you're throwing your life away you're playing a video game you're draining your your mental capacity you're just frying your brain but really Today, it's it's uh, it's become an occupation. It's become a viable job. You have this like thirteen year old kid making millions of dollars on his computer, um, and it's pretty spectacular because they're selling out football stadiums for people to watch gamers. Exactly. Yeah. Um, like, I guess one story to really put this in perspective um, is in twenty fourteen. Uh, we played in Vancouver. So this was held in the Richmond Oval. They had kind of melted all the ice rinks and set up a bunch of tables. Uh, and we all had to lug all our computers over to the Oval. It was like a two or three day event. So we slept over at the Oval for two nights. Um, oh my yeah, and everyone's just sleeping on these giant gym mats. Um, smells like shit because you have just like <laughs> but um, it was quite the experience and that tournament I played with um, Laud so he's went on to become a LCS player um, and now he's coaching actually CLG but uh, Laud actually uh, was a few years younger than me but he went on to pursue the professional career and uh, just like last year, he got flown out to Toronto, all expenses paid, living at a oh, hotel wow. to like compete at a tournament. So that just shows how far we've come to sleeping on gym mats, you know. That's pretty awesome, man. It's a uh, it's a whole new age, and with um, artificial intelligence and virtual reality, do you think it's going to have a change the gaming industry? I definitely think so. Um, so my friend recently got a Oculus. Um, pretty much, he's been playing Forza um, and VR, and he says yeah. the experience is unreal. So, as technology, as the resolution, more games come out for VR, I'm sure it's just gonna blow up. Yeah, it's it's gonna be wild. We have a crazy future ahead of us. Yeah, it's it's kind of crazy because when you're small, you kind of see all the stuff um, on TV and and. For example, like Black Mirror, um, but that might be in the far future. But a lot of the things you see kind of seems unrealistic. Well, there's and one there's one um, episode of Black Mirror where there's like social status, and uh, it's like everyone. It's kind of like Instagram, but it's like your life almost. And it's if people don't 
like you or you have a bad social status, they won't pick you up on the side of the road, like, for example. And, yeah, I do remember that episode. And, uh, and when, you look at, when you look at China, um, they're starting to develop where they already have, like, social status. But then on top of that, they have cameras everywhere to know where you are 24-7. Um, so it's, it's, it seems like our future is going to become... Like, there, there's the positive with all this technology where, you know, you can connect and you have all this cool stuff, but there's also the negative where, it, where it's pretty much, there's so much control that can come from it. Definitely. I think uh, this was also a research paper pretty much we did in uh, university. Okay. So we, had, we pretty much did a paper on um, proposing why WeChat could expand internationally and this was one of like the biggest issues that we kind of investigated um, as their barriers to entry, just because um, in China, as you know, the security versus um, efficiency or I guess convenience um, is heavily balanced towards security and being able to um, the mod the sorry the government being able to monitor everything, um, yeah. and that pretty much is a um, in our case, it would be a consumer choice to value privacy over, I guess, convenience. Um, yep. And in China, as you were saying, that social credit ratings, we actually also looked into that. Um, and it's actually crazy how they're already doing a pilot project. Um, and there's a lot of people who have low credit ratings and they can't even buy like, train tickets, um, airline yep. tickets. Yep. So, yeah, it's so scary to because you you look you look on one side and it's like they say well if you have a terrorist and you can that is planning on saying like blowing up a building you can spot them get them within seconds because you have all this t information and footage that you can scan through um but on the other side it's uh on the other side it's it's total control so it means that if there is any thought of possible corruption, then they can use and abuse that power. So if you're someone that's, let's say, trying to change something in politics, like through history, normally things are deemed to be bad, and then things are people are like, no, we need to change this, like gay rights and stuff like that. But if the government has so much control... You can't. You get two words out, and you're shut down. And then all of a sudden, you can't. You can't fly or move anywhere. You may not be able to buy certain goods, and it really limits the possibility of of big change. I definitely agree with that, um, but I think it's also a fine line of balance. For example, the UK, uh, they're probably one of the most heavily monitored uh, yeah, countries with their CT CCTV. Exactly, but um, if they're able to kind of keep that information private and the government actually only uses it kind of for security purposes, um, I think with the right, um, I guess, balance. laws and the right balance and the right, um, I guess, ethical use laws around it, um, I think it could be made to actually be really beneficial to the whole community. I totally agree. And and China is kind of a one-off because their government and business is one of the same, pretty much. But if that was integrated into a Western society, you would probably naturally see more of a divide 
between the two sectors. Yeah, because like China, the businesses really don't have a say. Um, if the government wants, they could just shut you down or do like horrible things to you. Um, yeah. yeah, so they're in a very difficult position. But uh, even still, there's uh, we, we did work with some international students who come from China. Um, and their views actually seem to be more different um, just from our Western views in general. Um, when it comes to surveillance and uh, just like general community security, they lean towards uh, risking not having as much privacy just so that uh, they can make sure, I guess, for the greater good. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Well, also, like, um, our, our Western countries are pretty bad at painting other countries to be worse than they actually are because uh, they're, they're not going to show, oh, Chinese government does this wonderful thing for this person it's it's all you see is oh chinese government kidnaps this person off the street or or in or in the middle east you don't see like oh everyone's getting along they they went to a nice uh game game together you see oh there's terrorists blowing up stuff so we kind of get this skewed version of reality when in fact there are a lot of good things going on in those places I think that could be said for a lot of places um, in general, just like, um, and for example, tourist destinations that people say are dangerous or something. Um, even if you go, there's always going to be nice people and people that are going to be welcoming, um, even though they there might be a bad reputation for the place. Um, I think there's always good and bad people everywhere, right? So, 100%, 100%. So back back to the gaming with virtual reality, there's a big question. This is probably the number one question is like, will it get to a point that people will be too integrated in the virtual reality and not enjoy real reality? Because if it gets to a point where it's so complex that they may, they may enjoy virtual more than real, and then you have an issue of like people no longer like communicating in re real reality. That's a very big question, <laughs> and um, I guess it really depends on how, I guess, how fast this VR technology can actually be implemented, and I guess how it's implemented. Um, like gaming, everyone can already see it can be really addicting. So when you actually bring that to the next level and when you're fully integrated, I feel like it, this could definitely be a problem for a lot of people um, who use usually gaming or online chat rooms or whatever to kind of be escaped from their ordinary lives. So this will kind of just bring that to the next level. Um, I think as we move towards that... Um, our community and doctors, everything should actually be, or I'm sure there are already considering things that could, um, I guess, lead and result from issues such as, I guess, how would you even put it? Um, well, it's reality. Yeah, it's <laughs> like a, it's like a full-on. You need to have like psychologists and people there just to just to analyze as people are adapting and these new things they need to be saying okay well you got to be thinking about your mental health you know exercise in virtual reality doesn't actually mean exercise in real life 
Um, so get it, yet again, it comes back to balance, right? Yeah. And um, there's not many games that can just take your life from you. There's some games, like I've heard, like World of Warcraft. Some people will literally pee in bottles and like <laughs> order pizzas <laughs> and just not do anything but that game. Yeah. But that comes down to the person's personality as, as well. If it's not virtual reality, if it's not World of Warcraft, maybe it would be cigarettes or maybe it would be some other drug, right? It For comes sure. down to having a very addictive personality. Yeah, I think in 2015, um, there's a man in Taiwan that actually died from three days um, gaming straight at an internet cafe. Oh my gosh. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah, so... I, even like today, there's so many studies and everything about just the harmful effects of social media, of the phone, and the reliance on those. So I'm yeah. sure um, yeah. when the VR comes, like that will be a focus too. Yeah, especially social like Instagram and Snapchat and everything. It's. It's because, like, if you look at it at a small scale, it's it's like if you have millions and millions of followers on Instagram or whatever, um, but you don't have as many friends in reality, you may naturally want to spend most of your time on the social media because you're getting more, uh, I guess, like approval from that. Um, and I guess it would be similar in virtual reality at a big scale if there is some sort of um number system or way to be better than other people it would probably transfer as well um but at the same time there's so many good things that it could be used for a great example is for police officers because there's a lot of like police brutality and all that stuff and if you just had some sort of virtual reality system to put them through scenarios over and over again so they have more practice with these different types of scenarios it would be a easier way to train them without having them to be in the field. Yeah, I think there's definitely a lot of um, practical uses. For example, um, I have an architecture architect friend who actually uses uh, virtual reality to have their clients to be able to actually walk through the home they're designing um, instead of just That's kind cool. of looking at the drawing. They can actually bring them on the tour, a virtual tour of what it would look like when it is completed. So I think there's definitely going to be a lot more applications similar to that. Um, it's definitely uh, going to help out more than just the gaming industry. That is so cool. That is actually so cool. So getting back to your gaming career, what was your next step in your love of games? Um, League of Legends. There was, uh, honestly, there wasn't really too much of a next step. Uh, I kind of fell off gaming after playing for SFU for three years, uh, just because at that time it was more of like a commitment. You have to be committed to like three practice days a week. Um, yeah. And it's more stressful kind of than just kind of enjoying yourself at home. Yeah. Uh, so after that, I've just kind of been playing some uh, Valorant, some CSGO, and just some casual league here and there, but uh, I can't say I'm much of a gamer anymore. <laughs> what about what about apps? Do you like any app games? Uh, not too many app games. Uh, I do play mobile TFT sometimes, which is 
a great time killer. <laughs> I'm not okay, sure well, familiar. well, just for fun, what? Let's say, what is your top three games of all time, and why? On any, on any. Actually, let's do top app, and then top computer game, and then top console game. Hmm. Top app game, just like a, a any. Any anything oh. for a mobile phone? Um, I mean, does TFT count? <laughs> yeah, that counts. Yeah. but why? Uh, I I really like TFT because uh, it's it's not too much engagement in terms of you don't have to be constantly managing your team and how you fight. You kind of just collect cards and um, you build a deck pretty much. So it's more slow paced and relaxing to play. Um, I think that's definitely one of the top attractive features and what is what does tft stand for uh team fight tactics so okay it's a, yeah it's a league of legends i guess uh side game it's kind of like a c or dota auto chess where you kind of have a board of characters and you have to collect three of them to level them up and you have to it's hard to explain it's like it's kind of like a strategy <laughs> strategy chess game kind of almost. Um almost except uh when you have these characters on your board they they just fight themselves um and you have to collect groups of them to form different compositions that will give you extra bonuses. Um, okay. Yeah, so it, it's pretty interesting. If you should definitely take a look at it. I'll check it out. I'll check it out. So now for the console Console, um, I can't say that I've played too much console, um, but I think there's a toss-up between either 2K series um, and Cuphead. So Cuphead is like a co-op or single-player platformer game. Uh, it's really cool because everything's based off like the 90s uh, drawing, hand-drawn artwork. Cool. So it, it, it's really unique, but uh, it can be a huge headache to play because it is pretty challenging. So um, if you're not up to a challenge, I wouldn't really suggest it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So you're you're a you're a big computer gamer, aren't you? Yeah, definitely. Computer is my number one thing. And would League be your favorite game? Um, I think just because of all the years I've dedicated to it and played it. Um, and also, it's because it's the game I'm most familiar with. I have to say it's my favorite. Um, although currently, I have been playing more CSGO. So what about it makes it so much fun for you? For me, I think it's because uh, there's just so many levels to the game. Um, and it's, you, you really have to kind of go out there and kind of um, it, like in solo queue especially you have to kind of lead your team and you have to really I guess really analyze each game differently and come to each game differently so that really helps keep the game feeling unique um, yeah <laughs> and, and, and also one thing is with things like the reason why I love spike ball so much is because you you do something and then you learn oh shit if i just did this i would have been better and with league every single game you learn like oh if i just did this one second or if i just did this earlier i would have been better so you're con there's constantly new information to learn and it doesn't get boring 
Yeah, I can definitely confirm that. Um, there's so many things that before I start playing with the team and competing that you really don't think about, like flash timers, dragon timers, buff timers. Um, and then you start start thinking about like where the enemy jungler is, what time frames they will gank. Um, so it, it gets really complicated um, beyond just being able to control your character, knowing when to use your skills kind of thing. 100%. Uh, yeah, on top of that, it, it takes a lot of communication to really f even form a team at the beginning. Uh, I remember before when we had our big games against like UBC, for example, we'd come together the night before and on like a giant whiteboard, we write down um, all the possibilities, like what UBC is going to ban, what we're going to ban, if they're going to ban that, and what our team's comp is going to be, if this is how it's going to go. <laughs> so um, there's a lot of strategy um, pretty much in and out of the game. So I think that also adds another element to it. Yeah, that's that's super cool. It's so complex, and it's it's a very, very fun game. And a lot of the top players in the world are apparently supposed to be quite smart um, because you do have to analyze and make decisions quickly. And that takes a quick brain to be able to do so. So moving on to our second part here, let's get into food because you are a food lover just like myself. Um, <laughs> so let's, let's talk about, uh, let's start with American style food in um, it can be Vancouver, it can be anywhere you've traveled in the world, but give me some favorite spots and maybe some favorite meals that you love. American style, so I guess that just would, any, like steakhouse or... Yeah, or burgers or, you know, that sort of stuff. For sure. Um, that's actually the number one place that comes to mind is Elisa Steakhouse. Uh, okay. Downtown in Yaletown. So I've only been there once, but I have to say it's probably one of the best meals I've ever had. Uh, wow. Yeah, just starting from the seafood, uh, all their seafood was really fresh, and you could actually taste the sweetness in them. Mm. Um, even, for example, without like any like garlic butter dip, you could actually fully enjoy all the flavors of the ocean. <laughs> but um, beyond that, there was also, we had like steak tartare, uh, there was three types of tartare. All of them were delicious. Um, they all tasted unique, and you could taste the difference between the veal, the uh, the regular beef, and so on. Um, and lastly, they're also known for their steaks. Um, always cooked perfectly. And yeah, it's <laughs> it's like. Have you ever tried a uh, wagyu? Wagyu. Uh, I actually have never tried a wagyu steak. I've had Wagyu slices um, at Hot Pot, <laughs> so yeah, it's like one of also my one of my favorite restaurants. Not sure if you heard of Heidi Lau. No, I I'm not very familiar. Yeah, it's this uh, um, Hot Pot restaurant. They have one in Vancouver now, but we usually go to the one in Richmond. Uh, it's on number three, but they have the best service out of any Chinese restaurants I've been to hands down just from the moment you step in they have like free popcorn and like little games you can play while you're waiting um once they bring you in the waiters kind of introduce everything tell you how everything works uh, you 
you get these like little aprons to keep your shirts clean. Um, and then they also have custom noodles where oh. actually have like the hand toss noodle people come and like do a noodle dance in front of your table. <laughs> <laughs> noodle dance. Yeah, they like stretch the noodles right in front of you. But uh, it's really cool. You should search up some YouTube videos and it's like a chain store, right? So in China, their employees, they will have like noodle tossing competitions and stuff. That's pretty yeah. cool. Well, we're definitely going to have to go together because you're going to have to break me down on some of these hot pot and dim some places. Definitely, man. That'll be yeah. awesome. So what, what, is, what do you order when you go there? I guess it's just like a plethora of different things. Yeah, but I, I think there's three staples in hot pot that you have to order, at least for myself. Uh, one is the beef, uh, beef slices. It could be like shabu-shabu beef, but you cook that. Uh, it cooks really quickly, and it's really tender, soaks up all the flavors really well. But in addition to that, you also have to have bean curd. So bean curd is actually kind of a hidden gem that not many people know about, but it soaks up all the soup's flavor super well goes really well with rice and it's there's like really silky smooth texture to it oh so definitely recommend that too if you ever go um and the third one just personally i have to have hot pot with rice a lot of people say i'm crazy for that but i just feel hot pot isn't complete without the bowl steamed rice you know why do they say it's crazy um i guess a lot of other parts of china they kind of Hot pot's a bit different, you know. They put a bunch of like fish, uh, innards, and all that kind of stuff, and they like to eat the variety, and so they don't really have room for rice. And also, there's um, before a lot of the hot pot restaurants here were kind of all you can eat, so it's also they're saying it's a waste of money to fill yourself up with rice. Yeah, I see. I see. Well, personally, I would be on your side. I always like to have a little bit of rice with meals. <laughs> Otherwise, the meal doesn't feel complete, right? It just exactly, exactly. Satisfying. So let's let's move over to dim sum. Are okay. you a dim sum guy? Yeah, I do like my dim sum. Yep. <laughs> so let, lay down your favorite place and your favorite uh, things to order. Uh, I guess my favorite place. That's kind of hard. There's so many good... You, you can drop a couple places if you want. Um, so, my favorite dim sum definitely around my neighborhood is the Golden Ocean. It's right above kind of uh, the Nando's area. Uh, it's on the second floor. But they have really classic cart, like cart style dim sum where they kind of push a cart around and then you talk to them, tell them what you want. Um all the tastes there are also really authentic and it's really good the price isn't too bad either although it could be a bit pricier than some other dim sum places out of carousel yeah but you get what you pay for definitely but um some of that is you're, you're paying for their rent right so <laughs> yeah <laughs> carousel is not cheap so yeah it's true. um yeah the other favorite is definitely in richmond um there's this place called fortune terrace uh okay. yeah it's right across from olympic oval it's also pretty new but they also have a lot of uh i guess more modernized 
uh, dim sum uh, on top of the traditional ones. So you can really get a wide variety of flavors and tastes. And also if you want to kind of explore something out of the ordinary, they have some specialty items. Um, what is your what is your go to or must order for dim sum? So in dim sum, there's these steamed rice rolls with uh, beef inside, and they come, and the server also pours this sweet soy sauce on it, and it's honestly just my favorite dish ever. I, I oh. could get like two or three of them. It's so good. Yeah. And what else? Um, hard to say. There's a lot of good food in dim sum, but uh, they have a deluxe deluxe seafood fried rice, and it's your classic shrimp egg uh, fried rice. But they also have um, they put like a abalone sauce over it, and it's kind of I guess more mushy than traditional fried rice, but it just uh, has a lot of flavor to it, and every bite kind of is just really full of flavor uh and it also goes down really easily just because it's all saucy oh my um, god i can't wait to come <laughs> eating with you guys man <laughs> it's gonna be so good <laughs> yeah definitely we, we know a lot of good spots and definitely we always order too much too <laughs> so it's always you're not like, doing it right if you don't order too much <laughs> yeah honestly it's like you, you'd rather be able to take some home than not feel full right 100 <laughs> percent so let's move on to pho. Do you like pho? Pho, uh, or pho? Can't, say, can't, can't say I'm the biggest fan. What about ramen? Um, I do like ramen, but pho also, just shout-outs to pho tan and carousel. Been Everyone knows, yeah, they're the, really good. <laughs> over 10 <laughs> years, yeah. So um, I don't really like pho because of the noodles, but the soup is amazing. And uh, pho tan, you can also get their beef curry on rice. Uh, which is also, it's like unexpected for a foot place to have such good curry, if you know what I mean. Yeah, I know what yeah. you mean. Um, and, in terms of ramen, ramen, though, yeah, um, hands down, Dambo. Not sure if you had it. I have had it. It's amazing. Yeah. yeah. And they have that, like, tea that you can get too that's really good. Uh, like their ice cream tea? I'm not sure. Yeah, I think so. I, yeah. I've just I've just heard about it, but okay, yeah, but it's oh ramen, my man, and I've yeah. heard it's like they put fat in the broth, right? Yeah, to so make it thicker. A lot of uh, most ramen places actually they kind of put uh, butter or like lard um, into the soup to make it thick. But uh, funny thing about ramen is I actually I I didn't like it for the longest time because of how thick it was. And this was until I went to Japan in Tokyo. Uh, we had this ramen. We were just walking down the streets and we saw this vending machine. And it's pretty much a vending machine shop. You just order off the vending machine, take your number, and you go inside. And then they'll serve you what you ordered. But that soup was so light. But it was still so packed with flavor. And you didn't oh. feel disgusting after eating it. Yeah. And that was... Although that was like my second dinner, <laughs> um, I, I still managed to fit in so much food just because um, how light it was. So that kind of um, really ignited how I feel about ramen. Um, and after coming back to Vancouver, most places were 
kind of too thick for my preference. But after going to Dambo, it really brought me back because if you choose like kind of light flavor, light fat, um, it just tastes so good. Good to know, my friend. It seems like you've been everywhere when it comes to food in Vancouver. <laughs> I've definitely eaten out a lot. Um, I really like exploring new restaurants too. So, fuck yeah, my man. Fuck yeah. So as a as a last a last question, when you're a little drunk and you're looking for a late night snack, what is your go to? <laughs> late night snack, eh? Um. Well, top of the list, I think for everyone, McDonald's <laughs> is obviously always, always reliable. The chicken nuggets. <laughs> <laughs> what dipping sauce do you get? Um, I I like sweet sweet and sour definitely top, but uh, hot mustard's also growing on me. Yeah, it is pretty good. Yeah, and they have the new habanero sauce too, which is pretty kills. Yeah. yeah. What have you heard about the McRib? I have. Um, I actually really liked it when I was a kid. <laughs> yeah, we had it I, for a while, yeah. It's like, I'm just kind of spooky to get rib from McDonald's, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think they call it ribs, but... Um, it's actually no just beef. I think it's like a pork patty or something. Oh, okay. Okay. Yeah. Classic McDonald's. <laughs> what else? What else is a go-to for you? Um, I think Lucy's Eastside Diner is also yes. really good for late night. Yes, there yeah. you go. Always open 24-7. You get the breakfast or? Uh, no, I, I get their burgers and also their chicken tendies is pretty good. Nice. Yeah. Well, it has been fucking awesome chatting with you, JG. You know, it's been a long time since I've seen you, to be honest. I'm a little depressed about that, but... We're going to have to get together, get Mark and the boys, and go get some food once all this virus calms down. Definitely, man. It's been since, like, uh, June, I think, Donnie's. But... Dude, it's been too <laughs> long, man. I, I completely forgot about that, yeah. yeah. Been, that was, well, it's respectable, because I was pretty uh, under the influence, if you know what I mean. <laughs> True. <laughs> it was definitely a good time. <laughs> but yeah, dude, it was it was really nice nice chatting with you. And would you like to shout out your Instagram or anything? Uh no, it's hurt. <laughs> All right. Okay. Peace out, right. my friend. Thank you for having me, man. Take care. No problem. <laughs>